Bonchik's Real Estate Investing Podcast. Mr. Bonchik is an attorney, best-selling author, and a real estate investor with 25 years' experience. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com. Hi, I'm attorney Bill Bronchik, and in this lesson, I'd like to share with you seven different ways that you can get in trouble wholesaling houses. Now, wholesaling houses is completely legal, it is ethical, it is a legitimate business, but the problem is, is that people do it in ways that are questionable. When I first started teaching wholesaling some 12 years ago, it was either one of two methods. Quite simply, you had a seller, you had you, and then you have an end buyer who's an investor, not an uh, owner-occupant. So it would work as follows. You put a contract together between you and the seller, and then you put a contract to resell between you and the investor, and then you do what's called a double escrow or simultaneous closing using B's funds to fund the front-end closing. It's getting a little more difficult to do those double closes these days because a lot of title companies don't like it, but it is still a viable way to do it. Now, a lot simpler than this, if you're dealing with a for sale by owner seller, if this is a FISBO, then you simply put a contract together between you and the seller and then assign your position as buyer, assign it to the investor who becomes the assignee under the contract and then he closes directly with the seller and you get paid. Very simple. There's two ways to do it. I've been teaching that for years, doing it for years, my students have been doing it for years, but the problem is people have created variations of this that might get you into trouble and let's talk about those seven different variations so you know what to do and what not to do. Okay, so the first one is trying to wholesale something that you don't have under contract. See, in this example, you're selling what you have, a contract with a seller assigning it to another investor. You're selling the contract. Or you're selling the property to someone else in a double close, but it's contingent upon you acquiring the property first. Okay? Now, um, some uh, people think that you should disclose that you don't you only have it under contract with the owner you don't own it yet um, that's probably not a bad idea but if you're dealing with another investor on the back end they understand that but you should probably disclose that now um, should you advertise I have a deal for sale versus I have a house for sale well now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of uh, uh, splitting hairs here but um, I think the important thing is to make sure that everybody understands the transaction, okay? So if you have a, a property under contract to purchase and there's no prohibition of assignment in the contract, it means it's freely assignable, then you can assign it to another investor, another buyer. However, if you don't have anything under contract, you don't have a deal. What you're doing is basically brokering, which requires a license in every state. Now, some people would say, well, I'm just getting a bird dog fee or a referral fee. Guess what? Those things also require a license in most states. So 
What you can do, however, what you can do, so the first one is don't wholesale what you don't have under contract. What you can do in most states, if you have a, a, a seller that wants to sell and you give that information of that lead that you've uh, gotten information about, their problem, the house, what they want, and then sell that to another investor who closes with the homeowner, well that's different, you're selling information, that's a marketing fee. And can you get paid at closing contingent upon it? That's called a marketing success fee. I still think that's okay. But if you pre-negotiate things with the owner and then switch, I'm not gonna be the buyer, someone else will, and then getting paid at closing, that's brokering. That's by definition brokering, okay? So you don't wanna do that. You wanna avoid making sure that you have a deal, especially if you're dealing with an end buyer who is gonna live in the property. We'll come back to that in a moment, but especially in that case. Number two, the next one would be stepping out of the contract that you have with a seller and then creating a new contract between the, the seller and the end buyer. So stepping out means you have a contract with a seller. Instead of assigning it to the buyer, for whatever reason <coughs> the buyer needs to get financing and um, if you assign it, it won't work, and you do a double closing, it won't work. So the owner has to close directly with the end investor. So what you do is you tear up your contract between you and the seller, prepare a new one between the seller and the end investor, and then you get paid a closing. Guess what? That's a brokering activity. You brokered that deal. You should not do a deal like that. Very, very risky. You will get in trouble with state real estate commission. As soon as there's a realtor involved and you step on their sign, they're gonna complain and you're gonna get a cease and desist letter from the state, okay? Now, there is an exception to that and I talk about this in my wholesaling course, it's called the reverse assignment. So a regular assignment is when you have a deal under contract with the seller and then assign your position as buyer to another investor who becomes the buyer and closes with the seller. That's perfectly okay. You're selling your contract. A reverse assignment works backwards. What you do is you go to the seller and say, I'm going to assign my contract with the end buyer as seller to you. And then you're going to close directly with the end buyer and you're going to pay me X dollars for assigning you my contract. And of course, you're going to cancel the contract between the seller and you in the first place. So in consideration for canceling the contract, assigning your position as seller with another party, you get paid an assignment fee on a reverse assignment. Now, if that confused you thoroughly, don't worry. You can find more information and the forms to do that in my wholesaling course. Okay? So, stepping out. Bad idea. Number three. Wholesaling to an end user who's going to live in the property who's not sophisticated. Now, I wouldn't say you should never do this, but you should try to avoid doing this because you've got a seller who's not sophisticated. 
you've got a end buyer who's not sophisticated in real estate and you're the one in the middle and they're gonna get confused about what your role is are you a broker or you have a broker's license I say generally avoid that deal instead of assigning to other investors although there there might be a circumstance where the end buyer in a higher-end home might be sophisticated enough to understand it maybe they're a real estate broker but generally speaking I just don't like wholesaling to owner occupancy it can be done in in circumstances if the proper disclosures are done but as a general rule especially as a beginner I think you should avoid that okay so avoid selling to owner occupant that's number three number four not disclosing or disclaiming about any defects or risks on the property to the end buyer now you're probably thinking wait a minute if I assign my contract that I have with the seller to another investor that investor has the duty to go do their due diligence and you know they're grown-up they should understand what the risks are not necessarily I've represented many clients who've gotten threatened lawsuits or actually been sued by the end investor for not disclosing things that they knew or should have known so if you just have a simple assignment form that says for ten dollars uh, or for a thousand dollars I assign my right in the purchase contract to you the investor and that's all you do then you're gonna have problems later on once in a while you're gonna it's gonna come back to bite you so you should have really good disclaimers and disclosures that you you're not representing anything about the house the, the foundation the condition they take it as is um, you're not making representations about the repairs the neighborhood etc 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 okay I have an excellent assignment form in my wholesaling course exactly for that purpose so not disclosing I'm gonna put not disclosing slash disclaiming okay number five um, if you're doing a double close not disclosing to the end buyer that you don't own the property yet okay now do you need to disclose to the owner the seller that you intend to resell the property in a double close um, I don't think so but it doesn't hurt to put that in there that you may assign it or that you may double close and resell it it doesn't hurt the, the sellers doesn't really care trust me they're motivated they don't care unless the seller is a bank or a sophisticated party they may object but a, a for sale buying owner won't care okay so should you disclose to the end buyer well if the end buyer is an investor they're gonna know that you're wholesaling what you have so I don't see the harm again it comes to the situation where you're gonna double close to an end-user occupant which I already said I don't like uh, but if you do do that make sure you disclose that the contract with him is contingent upon you closing with the seller first okay because if it blows up for some reason and you didn't disclose that and the end buyer you know relied on your representations and and spent money and inspections and moving and everything and then you blew it up um, you're gonna get in trouble legally all right so not disclosing you don't own okay that's number five number six either a short sale on the front end 
or a Fannie Freddie property. Now, when you do a short sale on your deal with the seller and then plan to resell it, almost every lender in their short sale approval letter is going to have language that says you may not resell this within a certain time period, or you may not resell it for more than X dollars, or you may not assign it, you may not uh, uh, double close it. You, you have to read the language and see what it, exactly what it prohibits and what it doesn't prohibit. Okay? Depending on the language, there are ways around it. Um, if it's a Fannie Freddie property, usually they say you cannot resell the property within 90 days for more than a 25% markup. Now that's not a big deal if you're wholesaling in a double close, of course, right? Because you're not going to mark it up 25%, maybe 5 to 10. And if you assign the contract, well then there's, it's not a problem because the end buyer is closing directly with the seller. But just keep those in mind if you come across those. If you've got either a short or a Fannie Freddie loan. Uh, not a loan, but a Fannie Freddie owned property. And finally, number seven, Putting the contract in your own name versus doing it in an entity. That's a big mistake. Now the reason is, if the deal goes bad, you know, keep in mind, if, if you have a contract with a seller and then you assign it to a third party and that third party doesn't perform, you're still liable on that contract with the seller. You have to specifically, number one, use an entity so it limits your liability and make sure you sign in a representative capacity as manager of the LLC, as president of the corporation. But you should also get something in writing after you assign it that says that the end buyer and the seller both hold you harmless and absolve you of any liability under the contract from here on out. So that way if it goes bad, they can't point their fingers at you and say, hey, you, you, you know, you're liable too. So it gets you off the hook to some extent. Okay. Also, if you use an LLC, for example, so let number seven is not using an entity. If you use an LLC, you can get around a non-assignment clause that the seller may have, for example, the short sale or a lender-owned uh, property where they say, you may not assign this contract. You can't. Okay, can you double close it? Well, in theory, yes, but if the seller, the bank, picks the title company and odds are they're not going to understand or want to do a double close, what do you do? Well, you sign up the contract with your LLC, a special single member LLC that you just formed just for this deal, and then the contracts between the LLC and the owner, the seller, and then you sell or assign your membership in that LLC to another investor, and they close directly through the LLC with the seller. Okay. Now, if that sounds a little confusing or you're not sure of the logistics, my wholesaling course covers this and all the forms from A to Z. Go check it out at legalwiz.com slash wholesaling. I hope you've enjoyed these seven potential pitfalls and you avoid them like the plague. This is Bill Bronchick. Email me if you have any further questions. Thank you for listening to Bill Bronchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com.